You say the word blockbuster, and for most people, of a sufficient age at least, it conjures the image of a blue and yellow sign, cardboard stand-ups, and the never-ending question of what do we watch this weekend. The thing was, all the movies in that store had already had their spotlight moment on the big screen in movie theaters across the country and the globe. With any luck, their creators and producers had long since already made their money back and then some, so every rental and sale of the movie afterwards went straight to the bottom line. Fast forward to the streaming era, and really that narrative didn't change all that much, at least not right away. Major films would hit the local 20-screen monstrosity, and then weeks or months later, they'd find their way to a streaming service of choice to collect fractional pennies from your $14.99 a month. Today, though, that tide has kept turning dramatically the other direction. Major productions are hitting streaming services day of more and more frequently, and even those that don't are still finding a viewing public perfectly willing to wait it out for the benefit of watching that movie from the comfort of their own home. You still have standouts that will draw a crowd and, most importantly, drive up popcorn sales, but is that enough? The other meanings of Blockbuster was the summer tent poles that literally made the year for studios, producers, and outlets alike. Is there enough steam left to keep that engine plowing forward, or has the streaming world really, perhaps permanently, changed the movie-going experience? Let's tune in and find out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And that's it for this week because, it. uh, and it's not, it's not for once. No, I'm kidding. It's yeah. not Cody's fault. We're actually here just the two of us today because Eric went and decided to take a vacation. So I'm we good. are, uh, we are coming to you today from the past because we're doing yes. a double recording today. Um, because Eric was not going to be here next week. And the topic, while I'm sure Cody and I could have said something about it was one that, um, Eric, I know was. Most I didn't want to miss connected it. Connected to yeah. you, well, I know you didn't want to miss. Well, a it was your topic. We all contribute to our yeah. topics pool, but this was one of yours. But I know it's also one that that means a lot to you on both sides of the equation, from a nostalgic, you know, which is a, a theme on this show. Um, look, look back at your history, but also okay. kind of a shocking realization you had looking forward. So yeah, well, absolutely. With no, with no further preamble, we're, we're here talking about what's next. For the movie theater and, and really yeah. that cinematic, I don't mean for movies themselves, not right. for the blockbuster per se and not the store. I mean the actual right. event, um, yeah. um, but, but the actual act of, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, what really got you going on this path was the future of the act of getting up, going to a big boxy building sure. in a giant parking lot somewhere, sitting in a cold room with a bunch of strangers and watching a movie and as a collective a experience. Yeah. And, and again, it was just, it just feels to me like over the years, especially the last few years, uh, COVID post COVID world, whatever it is we're living in now, um, the conversations changed so much around that because in the past you want to see the new movies when they come out. Um, you have to wait six months or more before you're going right. to see them on video. So your choice is wait six months while everybody else talks about it who went to the theater to see and it. Completely or, miss the moment. Or get yeah. off your butt and go see the movie right away and go see it in the theater. Well, now it, that that time frame is shortened sometimes to as little as 30 days from the time it's in the theater to the time it's you know streaming on streaming companies streaming service here kind yeah. of thing you know i mean i was gonna Disney say Plus, stream, whatever it ends streaming up is really the advent over say the dvd or the blu-ray that changed right. that changed that in exactly way. yeah and 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 also you know the fact that um people no longer you know when i was you know because i'm an old uh, people are no longer sitting at home watching vhs tapes of a crappy quality on their 13 inch CRT right. TV that's halfway across the living room and everybody's the size of a postage stamp. Essentially, everyone pretty much can get, you know, you know, some people, obviously there's people who can't afford it, but for the most part, you can go to Walmart on a special and get a, a 42 inch TV for a hundred bucks sometimes, you know what I mean? Right. Like you can get a large screen television for not that much money and essentially have a home theater. Yep. affordably. Now it's not, that's not for the super rich mansion people to have a home theater. Just about everybody can have a home theater experience of a decent quality. And I yep. think that that coupled with availability of streaming and the fact that the world's changed so much that not everybody mm -hmm. wants to go out and spend time in a theater with people coughing all around them and, and whatever, um, when they can comfortably sit at home and pause the movie, if they need to go to the bathroom or whatever, yep. and not miss a beat. And it's well, and the cost of not to jump forward, but even just the cost of that movie going experience has oh, yeah. changed dramatically. You know, I, obviously you, 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 
you and your wife and your your son are a great example. If you're a, you're a traditional family of three, or you know, obviously there's the family of four or more out there that you sure. know the the cost for the three of you to go to a movie today compared to not like your son's not that old. Like even in his lifespan, I'm sure the collective cost of that experience has changed dramatically. The the three of us to go to the movie before snacks is, is $50 plus for the three of us to go to sit in a movie theater. And most of the time, I mean, there are those, you know, theater at home things that you can get where you pay $25, to watch a movie streaming in advance, like while it's still in the theaters that that, although that exists, most of those movies end up on a streaming service very quickly and you can, you can go in and, and, and watch them within a month of it, of it releasing and, and big deal, you know, and not yeah. have to worry about any discomfort of, you know, I guess I'm showing how much of an introvert I am. You don't have to leave your house to, to have that kind of experience. And, and that's a huge change for me specifically, simply because I went to film school. Movies have been a staple of my life from the time I was a child. I was watching black and white movies with my grandfather and I was, you know, watching all kinds of movies growing up. And then when I went into film school, watching all kinds of crazy, you know, art films and everything, like all the stuff and then making movies myself going out and, um, you know, putting things onto actual film and, and, you know, recording sound, doing all of that stuff. It was, you know, going to the theater was always an experience for me. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a, you know, part of the culture of it is going in there and, and taking that media in, in that very specific way. And then having that realization when we were sitting there, my family was sitting there in the living room and it was a Friday and we we're like, Hey, do we want to go see, you know, movie X this weekend? I don't remember what it was. It was likely a Marvel movie or a star Wars sure. movie or something. It was one of those movies, you know, big tentpole blockbustery kind of movies. And, and we had this conversation and I was like, you know, do we, do we want to go see that in the theater? And, and we all collectively kind of just sighed and went, you know what? We can wait for it to be on Disney plus. And yeah. just, we didn't want it. We, we were willing to wait and not have and to what, see yeah, it immediately. Once it clicked in your own head, what you yeah. just said, it was one of those. It was moments. like, Oh my God. Wow. That's the conversation has really changed because you know, 10 years ago we would have, we would have been, we were at the theater every weekend. Right. You know, a decade ago, we were constantly seeing all the new movies as they came out. And, and that's another point as well is every weekend, it felt like there was a new movie coming out. You were, you know, there's some lulls in there every once in a while, but there was always new stuff coming out. And I feel like with streaming, a lot of those blockbuster dollars are not going to make anything besides tentpole movies like Marvel or star Wars, you know, you, you're the other movies are coming out, but I don't feel like there's fanfare. Like there was, there was a movie I just saw the other day that apparently, you know, uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are making a movie about the creation of air Jordans. Okay. I feel like 15 years ago, that would have been big news. That right. would have been it a would have been in front like of people's Matt faces. Damon and Ben Affleck, the guys are from doing Real hunting are doing right. a movie together again. They're back together again and they're doing this movie and it's about air Jordan. And it would have been like this huge thing. And yep. it was like, it was just some like little blurb article I saw somewhere. And I was like, okay. And I hadn't heard anything about this movie until that point. And it's coming out soon. It's not like it's a year and a half away. Right. It's relatively soon. And, and I, and it just feels like the big, these smaller movies that used to be such a big deal. Like I think back on movies that were really a big deal for me growing up. None of them were blockbusters, but I still saw them in the theater because yep. that, uh, that's where you went to see movies. That, and was, it's just, that was the place you went yep. and they just aren't a big deal anymore. It doesn't feel like it has that fanfare around films being released anymore. It's more of a, just like, how can we pad our streaming catalog? What movies do we need to make to pad our streaming catalog so we have new content to get more subscribers? Feels like yep. the conversation that's being had now rather than making movies for movies' sake and then releasing them and having people find them and talk about them and then have more people go to the theater because you're talking about them. Most people aren't even hearing about them until they suddenly show up on their streaming stuff and they're like, oh, hey, so-and-so's in a new movie. It's, you know, Click. we can watch it for free now. Let's, let's go ahead and watch it tonight. That's the conversation. I mean, my wife and I have that conversation every weekend. What are we going to watch this weekend? I don't know. Let's look through Netflix and see what's new. And we just yep. go through and see what new stuff has come out. And then we watch something there rather than, because again, I'm an old, opening up the newspaper and right. seeing what's playing in the theater that that week. 
It does. Yep. You don't. I don't feel like that happens as much anymore. I'm sure there's still people doing it, but it doesn't seem like it's part of the major conversation anymore. No, <clears throat> I, I would agree. It's it's not. And it's something you said just a few minutes ago really you know spoke to me is where those dollars are being spent. Also, because mm-hmm. I also feel those big. You're right. We see the big tentpole release. Like most recently, I know Avatar coming back yes. was like yeah that was a that big was one. a that was a big moment in in the theater. But still, like those dollars are not being spent as frequently on those singular titles. I feel because of the rise of longer format, high budget storytelling. On streaming. on streaming, when you think about shows like The Last of Us, The Mandalorian, um, you know, oh, yeah. um, your, your different Marvel pieces, like these yep. are pushing up on or sometimes exceeding film budget productions. Yeah, but they're being told over eight, ten, twelve it's, episode it's installments. Re- it's the return of the serial, right? You know, and and it's because they're not necessarily not necessarily the same thing as like the episodic television that we grew up with, where we're watching. 20 plus episodes per season with a summer break and then get ready for 20 more. Right. It, we don't do that anymore. You get eight to 12 episodes of a mm-hmm. TV show, have a year and a half break and get eight to 12 more episodes. If you're lucky, kind of it's a, it. And, yep. they, and they treat them like movies. A lot of them are made. We've talked about this before. A lot of them yes. are made in three episode trilogies. Like each three episodes would have been a movie and then you get they're, nine episodes yeah, a season. So they're basically making a trilogy every year. Yeah, my favorite thing that I that I've kind of coined, you know, personally is you know the the three act three act because really yeah. they're taking they're breaking up into nine pieces, but it's really three groups of three being told in the three act structure. Yep. So at the end of the day, it's it's three it's a trilogy. We're just getting it all out in a shot, as a shot. it were. So. Yeah, and it, and it's interesting to see them spend the dollars that way. And and I think in certain respects, like The Mandalorian and The Last yep. of Us, especially for recent memory. Mm-hmm. I believe I believe we're getting higher quality because of it. Oh, I, I think about a lot of it, and this is we've come, gone completely off the rails from the theater. But just to put a pin on this one, most recently for me, that, that like that three act, three act came yeah. spoke to me out of. Um, in fact, in that one, it was four. Um, Andor, sure, like that. Yep. That that was one of the most because it it spoke to both ends for me. Some of my favorite trilogies over time, or I'll just say multi part installments started weak, but then I loved them by the end or what I perceived yeah. at the time as being a weak start. And then you finally see the whole thing and you realize, oh, this story wouldn't have had the same meaning without that start. Now I yeah. see it for what it was, but it used to be you had to wait years to get through all those installments because you'd get a piece, wait a couple of years, get another piece. In the case of Andor, it was the first couple of episodes really was like, oh man, if this is if this is what I'm into for 12 episodes, this could be a small lot. Yep. And then it picked up, and then it by the end, it was and continues to be one of the best, like the completely off the rails. Tony Gilroy's accomplishments and the cast, like all of it, the writer's room, that was such an accomplishment of cinema. I realized it was a streaming yeah. TV show, well, but that's that was, what I was about that to was say. an accomplishment of cinema. You that, keep acting like we're off topic, whole, but we're yeah. not. Because right. when you think about 15 years ago, that would have never been a television show. Nope. Star Wars, Lucasfilm, they would have been caught dead doing that. It would have been film only. We would have gotten a right. Mandalorian film, you know, or an Andor yep. film. We wouldn't have gotten, you know, we, it, it just wouldn't have happened. And now the conversation has changed and people aren't going to the theater in droves anymore. They're sitting in front of their televisions streaming. So that's where the dollars are going. And that's what's changed this whole conversation everywhere. Well, to your very good point, to make a direct comparison, I swear we'll come back to the buildings is, um, and, or obviously got made because it's out and not yeah. only to get made, they're making more. Yep. Um, I feel that, and obviously this 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 movie failed for several reasons, many of which it were its fault, some that weren't. But then I think about it within the same IP, the solo movie mm-hmm. years before, if that had had the opportunity to be, because that's an example of what would have been a weak start. Yep. I, I personally thought that it was an okay movie, better than okay, it. but it it was supposed to be more that we never got because it simply wasn't received. It didn't deliver the dollars that it needed right. to, to propel itself forward. Andor the first take the first two or three episodes of Andor make it into a movie I think you would have ended up in the same place we would have yep. never gotten part two of even that story much yeah. less the second no, season you're that we now right. have coming yeah so that has changed everything but as I promised back to the theaters themselves um 
how that experience is even changing right now. I remember going back a few years ago, and this will come full circle, like the movie pass moment, like what got yes. me back into a theater for the first, like when movie pass was around the first time, a, I knew full well, we were on a ticking clock. Like I am, yeah. I'm a logical enough person to know I'm, I, every time I used now, it, I'm why like, would a, they do this? <laughs> a, I feel like I'm hacking the system somehow. And I'm just waiting for a someone to arrest me, but I it had that feeling every time I use it, like I was doing yeah. something wrong, but then also I, I just knew it couldn't have been viable and it wasn't. Um, yeah, for a lot of reasons, but I will say that got me back and this, and this was before streaming was what it was today, but that still got me back into a movie theater more times in that finite window than I had been in years prior to it. And in the years since. Yeah. And it, um, it didn't so last very long, long, did it? No, it didn't. But now what's interesting it's come full circle. It's allegedly back. Yeah. Um, or coming back. But then um Regal, uh one of the one of the bigger, you know, uh, you know, theater chains out there, has brought its its unlimited subscription out. So I think the the going back to our subscription service episode yep. forever ago, they've realized that I don't know if they've cracked the nut on making it profitable. I'm guessing it's gonna be the same equation it's always been get them in the door and sell them overpriced popcorn popcorn. i'm guessing but they figured out if we can just subscriptionify this we can get some people back in the door so i've seen that play which is kind of interesting and then going the complete other direction i i read this article just this week where i believe it was amc Mm -hmm. is doing tiered seating yeah you're gonna have to pay more for better seats Right. So, and they're equating it to either an airplane or this was the biggest reach. Well, this is something that people are used to experiencing, like in like performance theater. Like you obviously pay more for for balconies or or whatever. But like, okay, cool. That's great. But don't justify a change like that based on, oh, my other favorite was, well, we're making it more accessible because some of the seats are going to be cheaper than they otherwise would have been. Cool. So I can pay a dollar less, sit in the farthest corner that no one who's ever gotten to a movie to on time has ever sat in. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? You want to talk about huge mistakes that are just going to drive more people away. That's it. Away. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry. I I won't, I won't do that. No. You want to know where the, you want to know where the cheapest, best seat is? My house. Your couch. Yep. And I'm not, and I'm not going to leave so I can pay you more so I can sit in the center of the theater. No, I'll, I'll wait till the movie comes out at home. We talk on this show a lot about what part of a company drove a decision. Did it come from engineering? Did it come from, you know, development? Did it come from creative? This came from accounting. I'm sorry. That that never came from anybody that would have not come from anybody who enjoys going to the movies. No, you know, no, sorry. That came from an accounting department and and, and And, a bad one. And these are all, you know, quote unquote, smarter people than me that, you know, are paid more money. And that's great. I firmly believe from my cheap seat over here, that will be a colossal backfire. You yeah. know exactly what you said. It will either drive people away or stir their, stir them up so much that they'll have to walk it back. Cause I just, I cannot picture the world where that stands long-term. Yeah, it won't. And, and I mean, I feel like, you know, to the topic of the episode, what's next for the movie theater, I great, feel like. Point. I feel like that's not it. First of all, what no. I, I feel like what is next is some iteration of the subscription model for theaters. They have to figure it out. They have to nail it down. They have to get it working for them so that it's profitable or is getting people in the theaters, whether, sustainable. That, yeah. whether that's making it like, you know, theaters are going to shrink is what's going to happen. There are going to be fewer movie theaters. Because mm-hmm. less people are going to be going and they're not going to need as many screens out there. So there's going to be less theaters. And then those theaters are going to be people who are subscribing. It's going to be another yep. subscription model. It will likely end up getting, I would think the most successful way they can do it is, it's likely going to end up getting splintered and folded into other subscription services. Like huh. Disney Plus. You got you now got you have your Disney Plus. You can pay an extra five dollars a month and get the Disney Plus theater tier, where you get exclusive tickets to go see the theater, the movie in the theaters before it gets onto Disney Plus as part of your subscription plan. Right, that kind Once of a thing. Once a month, you can go do blah blah. Right, blah. yeah, no, it's, that, that makes something sense. something like that ends up being the future of movies because right, you know, it's just there are going to be less of them. It's gonna 100%. it's gonna become a boutique thing again to go to the theater. And as a matter of pure practice, 
Oh, as a matter of pure, simple practicality, what you just said, the buildings themselves have to change. Yeah. The rooms themselves don't necessarily need to hold hundreds and hundreds of people, yep. and there don't need to be 40 of them. Exactly. There's, yeah, the megaplex the, the, thing is just, yeah, it doesn't right. need to when, exist anymore. When you think about the cost of the structure, the electricity, the cooling, the the, the raw property needed to support it, you know, it... it parking. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say a lot of people don't realize what it costs to have a parking lot. Like, yeah. And if it's an empty parking lot, it's literally costing you because there's no cars in it full of bodies making you money some other way. So, I mean, this could also, you know, translate directly into the cost of in a real way, but no. So so in speaking about what's next, I agree with you completely. The, the, assuming the thing continues to exist at all long-term, at the very least, the middle iteration is going to have to be smaller, focusing on tightening down the experience, a more tightly focused, but also make the experience smaller, but also make it better. You know, it's kind of like how I think right. about houses sometimes, you know, not just buying the house you can afford, but buy the house you can afford to do well. Like don't buy as much physical square footage as you can possibly afford, buy the square footage that you can afford to have and then do really great, like, and make your own and make great. Yeah. Like I've always been the person who would rather have a smaller footprint of a house that I can then have the dollars to make my own and do the way I want to versus, yeah, I, I, I tacked on an extra 500 square feet, but I'm, you know, I can barely afford to buy a chair for it. Right. Like that same concept for this, like scale down the experience, well, scale down the, the thing. size. To scale up the experience. Up the experience. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Like, well, yeah, that's that the thing. I mean, be the play. in when, when movies were first a thing, it was, it was like going to the theater. You got dressed up, yep. you went out, you, it was, it was an event. It was a, it was something that, you know, you did intentionally to, that was special. And if they can do that again, if they can recreate that feeling of going to the movies, going to the theater is a special event, not I'm going to this theater and I'm going to be stuck in this chair with gum on the bottom of it. And somebody, my feet are sticking to the floor because somebody spilled a soda and there's popcorn from the previous movie that didn't get cleaned up. And, you know, it kind of smells a little funny in here, but I'm going to, you know, this is the only way I can see this movie. Like that's the experience right now. And if they, if they can up that experience, I mean, they try, there's a lot of the theaters up here that they've got are, are great. They've got, you know, heated seats now that recline and, you know, like they've definitely upped the quality of a lot of the seating and everything, but there's still too much of it. You know, there's still, I, I can't remember the last time I went to a theater and sat in a full theater, a front to back side right. to side full theater. And I mean, I know it still happens. It, it does, but oh, I just, I don't feel yeah. like it's, it happens as often as it used to. Well, I'm going to use the same example, opening weekend of Avatar. I know people, you know, that, that got people yes. piled into theaters in a lot of cities. Sure. I don't know the last, the time before that, that like, that was a recent example because there was a moment around it, but I can't yeah. tell you the last movie that probably had that happen at scale. Yeah. I, I don't, mean, I can't remember either. I mean, I know the Marvel movies have, have all done well, but I don't, I still, I went and saw some of those in the theater and they were now, the theaters were never full. And I mean, and I'm in a pretty major metropolitan area here and it's not, you know, (laughs) they weren't full. So it's just, it's interesting to see, but yeah, I mean, if they make them smaller, if they pare them down and they up the level of the experience, you know, keep the screens really high quality, keep the sound really high quality, make the chairs really high quality, you know, the food more than just popcorn and off in, you know, your regular brand, you know, sugar snacks. Like if they can do something and elevate the experience and then make it some sort of a a subscription model that works for them and is affordable for people going in there, it could be successful, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's not, it's, I think people are too set in their ways. They have in their mind the way that it is the theater going experience has always been buy your ticket, yep. go in, buy your popcorn, you know, rinse, repeat over and over and over again, pack as many butts and seats as we can. They want, they want to keep that model. They want to keep doing that because it's what's worked in the past. And I just, with streaming and all that kind of stuff, I just, I can't see it continue to work that way. Well, I, I didn't prepare this. So I'm completely shooting from the hip, but do sure. you feel there's any potential for crossover between going back to like the Andor example, like sure. that is something that was made for streaming but is obviously has largely cinematic components to it. Do you think there's crossover opportunities between 
going to the movie theater and watching something at the quality of an Andor. Like, I don't mean sitting there for literally 12 hours right. and watching it end to end, but breaking it up into more, going back to the subscription. Yeah. We're going to, even if you're not buying a month to month thing for say, I'm going to make some for $30, you're going to get a pass that gives you access to these three showings yeah. of this broken up into three or four chunks or whatever. And taking those streaming experiences and more bite-sized chunks and reorienting them into a serialized movie experience or a yeah. movie theater experience. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that's a, that's a great idea. I mean, I don't, I'm sure they're all tossing this stuff around. I mean, I think that's a very interesting idea. Like bring it into the subscription thing I talked about earlier. Your Disney Plus yep. thing, you pay five dollars extra a month or whatever, and um, and or you know season two is now going to drop a week earlier in the theater, right? So you can you'll literally be able to go to the theater with your pass and see it a week earlier than you normally would in a theater experience if you if you should want to go to that and it's part of your subscription or you just wait an extra week or a day or whatever they choose and you see it at home instead. I mean, yep. there's something there. I mean, there's people that would do that. I don't think people would run out in droves to go see it in a theater, but no, it's, but it would, going back it to would scaling it down yeah. to scale yeah. it up because making it more, cause I get it. They have to do things at such a size to be able to pull off the headcount they need to make it forgetting again forget profitable, just viable. Right. Um, there's just, I, I feel like there's a lot to be had there on a lot of those fronts. Yeah, I think um, so. And they just, again, they need to what's next for the movie theater is they need to completely adjust the way that they feel that theater going experience could be for it to be successful because I, right. I, you know, it's not, it's not sustainable the way it's worked in history. I don't think that inflection point is ever coming around again where everyone decides, you know what, this streaming thing, sitting at home, watching TV on my 75 inch TV, it, you know, just isn't for me. I need to go see this in the theater. I don't think we're ever going back to that again. Well, I think the one of the, for me, one of the most telling elements of that was obviously because you referenced it earlier, we had like the high COVID years yeah. and movie theaters were either shut down or people just didn't go for very obvious practicality sake. Right. But as that has eased up in more recent years or in many places, just completely left the, the cultural moment. Um, what I haven't seen or heard of is, and I think this is what the theaters were expecting and didn't get was the massive rush back, like the explosive yes. return because what where we did see examples that was like theme parks, for example, you know, your Disney's, your Universals, and like they saw the, the we're able to throw our gates back open and That's holy cow, yeah. yeah, here they all are. I don't think we saw that, but to that point, there was no pandemic era theme park equivalent. I mean, sure you right. can play a video game, but there was no way to experience those kinds of things without the place being open to your very good point during those years, we Here saw the home, explosion yeah. of streaming and high quality Blu-ray because people reinvested in bringing that experience to their home and they figured out it's a pretty good experience. So mm -hmm. even when the thing came back, the, the imperative to go run out and do it, I speaking for myself, wasn't there. Nope. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. That wasn't was when there. That was when that example came about was during COVID years. I, we yep. we were sitting at home and there was a movie that was coming out and the theaters weren't open, but we could pay whatever it was, $20, $25 and get right. it to stream earlier, you know, than, than it would have normally months before. And we would have it on, you know, on our Disney plus or whatever for three or four months before it was released out on DVD. And we got to see it right away. Like it was a theater going experience and we popped popcorn and we sat in our living room and watched the movie. And we're like, this is awesome. We don't yep. have to deal with people. We can pause it if we need to. This is great. And I think that everybody got very comfortable with that experience at home. And it's, yeah, there, there's never going to be that big rush going back to the theaters. People will always go to the theater, but it's not going to be in the numbers that they need to justify the price of the tickets they're charging and the movies that they're making from that. They're, they're getting all that money from streaming now. Well, it's, it's a very precarious position that business is in right now, the more I think about it, because while those viewerships continue to lag behind the cost of making, like just the cost, these, these productions become so high budget. Yeah. You know what I mean? What we used to think about is like, man, that's a really well-funded project. That's like a glorified indie these days. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like the, the, yep. the dollars it takes to make these high value, high high quality production is so, so high. The turnout they need is so insane to turn them profitable that 
if you can't drive the people there, you have to find other ways to make the dollars. And again, that's where streaming has come in. That's where, you know, tie-ins to merchandising has obviously been a thing forever, but it's now it's like, they really have to lean on it, I would think, because they're just not seeing the bodies show up and handing over their 1999 to see it in the theater, not right. not at that and, scale. And again, there's there's one offs because you talked about Avatar earlier, and that yeah. was a cultural moment. And to to your point, I think that I read an article somewhere that Avatar needed to make like 1.2 or 1.5 billion dollars to break even. Right, and they did. You know, because oh, it was, you it, know, they're, they're doing just fine. It's a but hit. Still, not many movies can do that. And you're, no, you're that, making that, a movie a rec- that needs one and a half billion dollars to break even. You have to be <sighs> a record setter to hit goal. Like yeah. very rarely does something come out and say, well, our pass fail is being the best. Like everyone wants to do it. That's always the goal. Yeah. But the pass fail is rarely, well, we better be the best ever or else this is an abject failure like that's right that's a we're gonna, bar we're and that's gonna go also, out of business if we don't do better than anyone's ever well, done before <laughs> and that's a zero-sum game like yeah. that 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 inevitably leads to an inability to service that need yeah, without it, changing the model and they you know it, at least. obviously it's a it's a tentpole movie it's a big thing it's you know cameron it's you know it's all it's got a lot of things going for sure, it and they did well and they did happens fine, but, once a decade right but they're not going to be able to which apparently he knew because he took 10 years to make the second one but right. it's you know it, it's just not many other people can do that because you know you talk about you know the marvel movies are the same way they all cost 200 250 million dollars to make they got to make a half a billion dollars to break even and they can do it but you can see it starting to wear at the edges they're not all doing it anymore. Some of the other, some of the really good ones are propping up the ones that don't do so great, but it's, you know, they, they can't continue to make $250 million a pop movies. It can't last forever. There just isn't enough no. butts and seats to pay for that. And nor they can't is there charge enough. people enough. They no. can't charge me $35 each for my streaming services. I won't keep them. And they right. know that. They're trying to inch it up over time, but eventually it's going to come to a breaking point where people start unsubscribing. And we talked and about that what, in our subscription episode. That's you what know, I was going to say too, because while there's there's not enough butts and seats to hit that critical mass enough times, there's also not enough pieces of the subscription pie. Like you take that right. to your point, you take that $15 a month and then you figure, okay, like there's only so many things that can pay for. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about one, forget password sharing for a second, even just one $15 subscription. Again, using you all again, as an example, you're a family of three. Yep. You're obviously paying for that subscription one time for the month and you're all enjoying it at different times in different ways or as a group. Like there's only so many pulls at that $15 bucket before yep. it's like, what is it going? What is it paying for at this point where right. you actually are effectively watching it for free because you've already consumed enough things that, that money's already been spent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like your $15 drop in the bucket that month went to pay for up to a point. There is that point that you reach where it's like, okay, now every single thing that family of three consumes for the rest of this monthly billing cycle is effectively being done for free because we've already pulled every penny out of that $15 that we can't. Right. And, and I think that's where, where, where we run into the big issue that they're going to need to overcome for theaters is the subscription model is the way to go, but how do you price that? Right. You know, because you talk family of three, so we would have spent 60 bucks, let's call it, just to get in the door and, you know, okay, so my once a month subscription to go to the movies is going to be 60 bucks. I'm not paying for that. Oh, or worse yet, because if they assume you're going to go two, three, four times, is it suddenly $50 a person where that's $150? Right. Okay, that's a small car payment. Exactly. Yeah, no one's going to do that. So they're going to have to price it at the, right. you know, $9.95, $14.95 per person, whatever that psychological number is that gets people to say, okay. And but then, same thing, they're not going to make, unless, unless they can get a sufficient yeah. number of people to right. buy it and not show up. It's not going to be enough. Which, yeah. which is part of the subscription play, obviously, yeah. is to get a sufficient number of people who pay for the thing it's cheap enough they don't notice it, it's the aol you know the the, the people yeah. that had paid aol accounts for a decade since the last time they logged into aol right. because it would just show up on their credit card statement once a month and they wouldn't pay any attention that was a tent pole of their business model for the better part of a decade yeah uh, that, uh, so their play is either to 
hope to God for that, that, that you're right. They price it low enough that enough people subscribe, use it for a while. You take your bleeders in the front end and then hope those people just stop showing up and you're literally printing money for nothing. Or you have to price it so high going back to, I could see them doing that in a very, very niche, like the people, the, the subset of people that would be willing to pay $50, $60 per person per month for this high tailored, high luxury tier experience. experience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or and, maybe and a I, mixture of the two. I don't know, but right. I can tell you the answer is not first class tickets, get the middle row. Oh, you only want to pay $11 to see the movie. Get up in the top left corner. That is yeah. not, that is not the answer for Gen no. Pop. I hate to break it to AMC no. or anyone else considering it you're going to empty your buildings. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's going to happen. And then they're going to backpedal again because AMC has done this. Like, I think this is the third time they tried something new in the last few years. And, and none of them are working out because they tried right. their own movie pass and it didn't work. They were losing so much money because people were going to the theater. With people their were actually going to the theater right, because, they Oh my God, it's affordable. That's the point. Yep. It's affordable again. It's, you know right. what, it's cheaper for me to go see this movie in the theater and, you know, in a better experience and, you know, and I'm not paying a ton of money for it. Let's go do it. Let's go every single weekend. And then mm -hmm. suddenly they realize, man, we're losing money hand over fist. These people would have been paying 60 bucks a weekend, if, but they don't realize they wouldn't have come every weekend if they had to pay right. that much money. And that's where the, this, whatever this inflection point to get the butts and seats is, they got to get, they got to figure out what that psychological barrier is so, where that, they it can, is. so that they can tear it right and get people back in, in the theater. But I just, I feel like it's an uphill battle for them just because streaming is so good that our, our televisions at home are larger and better quality than they've ever been before for less money. And, you know, and in the sound quality is good at home as well. It's not, it's not that expensive to buy a decent sound bar that you get really good quality sound in your living room and yep. a really good quality screen in your living room. And why would you, why would you go have to deal with somebody and, oh man, I got to go to the bathroom. Tell me what happens when I get back instead of just being able to pause the movie, you know, like you can't, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's going to be an uphill battle for them. It, it is, Cause I was just thinking even for me personally, and obviously I don't represent the market, but for myself, I don't think I or the market are sold that subscription as we know it is going to be long-term viable. I mean, it's obviously great right now in a lot of ways, but to your point, we're seeing the prices inch up. These companies are not getting to profitability. Right. Like really the players that are quote unquote thriving are the ones with pockets deep enough that they can just throw money into that furnace, yes. frankly, as long yeah. as it takes because it's part of their wider offering. So it's still serving their bottom line positively. The right. service itself isn't making money. Jumping over to music for a second, I was just reading the other day where Spotify is, Spotify has never made a dollar. Right. They're one of the biggest names in their space and they've never made a dollar. So subscriptions, subscription streaming as a whole, we don't know yet if that's yeah. going to be the end all be all solution. I don't solution. think anybody's truly cracked it yet. There's a version of this conversation to be had down the road where it's like, what's next for that? Because, you know, which one is it? Does just like the movie theaters, does the subscription cost inch up so much that people start going the other way. But again, that that's for a different conversation. But what I was going to say, you know, what's next for this, for what we're talking about here for the, for movies in the theater is even if I'm not having to pay, even if I'm not getting my film as part of a subscription service where I'm just paying a flat monthly fee, I would still rather pay outright for the movie day one and get to watch it at home. I'm yep. so far gone on being disillusioned towards the theater experience. Cause it's gone so far downhill. Yeah. I'd rather fork out a one-time cost just for that one thing to me give me the right to purchase and or stream it at home. than I would to pay to go see it one time in a crappy theater that, that where my feet stick to the ground. Right. I just, exactly. you know, that that's where, and I, we've talked in the show, I've personally invested, you know, in my home theater setup like that. That's a, that's yeah. an important thing to me that I, I have, I have a very enjoyable experience, but I'm also not in the minority there. You're, you know, you don't have to spend nor, and I haven't, you don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars to have a high grade cinema experience in your home anymore. You yeah. could frankly do it for hundreds very effectively if you wanted to. I'm right. kind of in the middle, but but still, like you, people can and do do it for far and less. I would rather make that investment, and then you know, X Y Z movie comes out. I'd actually rather spend that same sixty dollars you're talking about to just 
have a perpetual you know license to it yeah. day so one. So you can stream it whenever you want, and and and, and, and add a, it to my digital library, and yeah. life moves on. And there have been riffs on that. I mean, iTunes tried to nail this years ago. I mean, there have been attempts at that that streaming kind of rose to the top because of just the, the economy of it made more sense yeah. to more people. But the economy of it is not making sense to the create to the creators, the creators right now let me yeah. tell you um so we could come full circle but what I, my, my meandering point is i would rather come full circle to paying higher dollar up front for something and still be able to access it from home than yeah. drive my butt to a building across town to have a one step above maybe mediocre experience one time yeah yeah and i mean and that's i guess the thing that i'm worried about is theaters and they've already kind of become this theaters become or have already become a place where you can only go to see tentpole blockbuster films right like the only thing that's there are the avatars the marvel movies because they've got 20 screens and you know 19 of them are playing a marvel movie or a disney movie or an avatar type movie which i guess is a disney movie now too you know like You're one of those kind of movies house flip from sundance right you know exactly I, mean? I think that the place for a, a, a place for theaters in the future to use some of this screen real estate space is to create those old school bijou theaters like art house yes. theaters where you know you are paying to go and see movies that you literally will not be able to see anywhere else. Cause they're you, not going to get distribution. They're not going to get distribution yep. anywhere else, not the same way or not for a very long time. So it recreates that sort of experience. But then the problem that you run into the catch 22 there is how do they advertise that? They don't have the money right. to advertise that, to get butts in seats. People don't know. So people have to want to go to those places to see those kind of things. And again, I think they're fighting an uphill battle because everyone just wants to sit comfy at home. So then do they create a streaming service for Bijou Art House? You know, and they already have some of that, like the independent film channel and things like that. Yep. Like there are places you can go to see those kind of films, but it's like, how do they hey. get more people? I don't, I mean, obviously no one's cracked this nut yet. Cracked We're not going nut, to on the show right now, to. but yeah. you know, there, there's, there's an answer out there. It's just somebody hasn't found it yet, but they're, they need to they need to very much stop doing what they're doing because it's not the way to go. And they're all going to lose so much money trying to I mean, not, hear seating and all that stuff. Not to be doom and gloom about it, but it sounds like we're without, without an, in a, without a true innovation. And again, tiered seating prices is not that innovation. No. I don't even think a subscription service is that innovation because nope. I don't think it scales. Yeah. It's a stopgap. Um, what we're on the path to what's potentially next for movie theaters for that experience is those movie theaters turning into Amazon distribution warehouses and data centers. <laughs> Likely. Yeah. That's what, I, what I, else I, is that I, space I, good for? I mean, I'm being ridiculous of course, but I mean, it's like, I don't know. I guess there is, I'm not hoping for this. It's a part of our, it's a part of our cultural, you know, selves that goes back well before us. And I'm hoping exist past us but there's a version of this where what's next is the thing dies and goes away yeah and it's, it's sometimes that happens yeah it's quite possible i mean i i don't i i don't think it will ever fully die and go away but it's modern incarnation it. the way that yeah. well, the way we know it now will go away and then we will literally go back to places that have a single screen or two screens and that's right. it and you go there and what what's what's on the marquee is what you get yep. and you go there and you see that movie and you pay a few bucks for it and you know and that becomes the experience and and i i don't think that's a bad thing necessarily no. to have that kind of stuff but those things can't truly exist in a meaningful way when there are still the giant movie theater like it literally has to die so that it can be born again in a different way in a in a different incarnation and that's so true because i was someone, a friend of mine was saying the other day, you know, I was mentioning that we were doing this topic and they're like, yeah, you know, but isn't it really the same thing? You know, people have been calling for the imminent death of the theater experience for as long as I've been alive. And I'm like, well, yeah, except that what continues to keep the theater experience, like the, the live performance theater experience alive is that while it may not be the cultural thing it was decades ago, right. it's still very much alive in a lot of meaningful ways because there is no equivalent to it. Like, you can't see it anywhere you, else. You, you can't go like to film that performance and then stream it to me at home. That's not the same. Nope. Like me watching the same blockbuster film at home 
while environmentally is different, is still the same film. It's the same movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've got the same sound system. Like it's that there is a there's a linear connection between those two experiences. Filming a live production is not the same as going to a live production. Yeah, no so way. there is no direct replacement for getting live dressed theater. up, going yeah. to and seeing live theater or live and music that, performances. We that talked to about me that still with, is with music. An event. Yeah, that still is, is an event with concerts and live yep. theater. It's it's special. It's going to something live that you will never see again. And and I'll and I said it in a previous episode for the love of God, get your phone out from in front of your face when you're at and those enjoy things the and experience. actually enjoy the experience the way it's supposed to be with your eyeballs. And yeah. and that's and it's meaningful that way. It's special yep. when you go and see those things. The theater was was that for a very long time because yes. you they would think movies, even even up into the 80s, they would come out in theaters and the VHS market wasn't really a thing yet. You wouldn't see those movies again until they ran on TV, maybe, you right. know, or cut for or, commercials and everything else. Exactly. And even when the V you referenced this earlier, even when the VHS came around, it was a far subpar experience, both right. visually and audio, your exactly. home, your, your home ability to watch it was a far substandard experience. Like again, there was no replacement for going to that movie theater. So right. the live theater, the live concerts, those things still exist because there is no, you know, I, believe me, I know what I'm getting at here. I know that somewhere Mark Zuckerberg's head is twitching because that's his whole idea is, you know, that's what their plan for the metaverse is, is to replace is coming full circle to a solid state topic. Yeah. <laughs> like that's their plan is right. to, bring quote-unquote live experiences into the home like that's that's their whole game that's their whole playbook but without that those things still exist because there's no direct replacement that's the problem that's the uphill battle you're describing for movie theaters is there is not only a direct replacement there is in a lot of measurable ways a superior experience that's readily available to me down the hall and that's that's hard that's until they can how do they overcome that yeah and and going back to yeah. They they tried to do it with 3D. They try to do it with right. gimmicks. They keep trying to throw a gimmick at gimmick it. Gimmick at it. And it's yep. not it's not because but then what do they do? They make 3D TVs. You right. know, every time there's a gimmick, they iterate it into the home experience and then people are like, "Why am I going to the theater to see a 3D movie? I can do that at yeah. home." And well, it's the only just, place you can get you know, it in IMAX. Yeah, except that I've got a, you know, I'm sitting here watching 85-inch, you know, OLED display with a Dolby Atmos. Like cool. Like Right. Again, there's a direct, there's a direct relationship there. So it's like going back to things that we're not going to solve here on this show. And if we did, we'd be wealthier men. Um, <laughs> no, like they have what they need to, what they have to innovate. And maybe this doesn't exist, but what they have to innovate is the thing that makes that experience irreplaceable, that there is no direct yep. replacement for this thing. And that's not going to be charging more for certain seats. That's not nope. going to be a subscription service. And that's and certainly not, not your crappy popcorn. And, it, yeah, and, and it's, it's not going to be some cheap glasses gimmick. on my face. Yeah. It's not going to be, Oh, when the waves splash, you actually get sprayed with water. Like, stop it. It's, it's not, that doesn't, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it's not a thing. Like I don't need 4d. I need you to, yeah, I need you to make this an unforgettable, um, irreplaceable experience for me. Right. That's cement. Like when I go and do this, it needs to be something. It needs to be a pivotal moment in my life. When I go see this, something that I talk to people about, Oh, I, I saw that you know, three years ago in the theater. And it was like, it was an experience I'll never forget that they have to figure that out. And, and is it possible? I, I don't know the answer to that because I don't know what the oh. answer is, but if they can do it, if they can crack that nut, then they can get butts back in seats. But I just, I don't know. I don't know what that answer is. All right. Well, my solid state swing for the fences, then there my challenge, my challenge to none of the industry executives that are listening to the show, um, take all your movie theaters Go find someone with an infinite amount of money. Make me a bunch of buildings that are holodecks and I'm right there. Right. Yeah. Okay. So great, great book that I love. And they made it into a, a mediocre movie, Ready Player One. Um, yep. They, there was a part in the book that didn't make it in the movie where you, he had to, the main character had to step into this, you know, halt there in a virtual mm-hmm. world. They had to step into a movie and he stepped into the movie war games, which is a Matthew Broderick movie that I loved growing up in the eighties. It was a really good movie. So yep. he had to step into that movie and he was required to take over a character. And then right. he had to deliver the lines and he was given points based on his delivery of the lines. Yep. Did he get the lines right? How was his acting? All that kind of stuff. He was getting points based on it, like becoming part of the show. That's a gimmick. 
but that would be an irreplaceable experience. Yeah, you so know that, what I mean? That's a gimmick in that a video game console's gimmick. Like that's an actual thing. Yeah. Like the ability to offer obviously we're talking about technology that frankly doesn't exist, but if it right. did, if someone cracked it, like you want to talk about a thing where now you've brought if you could put people in the experience. But the problem is I do think that's where we're headed by the way, but I actually think that's going to leapfrog the poor movie theaters that's going to be in the yeah. home before it's anywhere else. Yes, it will be. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they've are, you know, again, you talked about, you know, meta the metaverse and, the, and everything yeah, else. And the, the quest, yeah. like when, when the quest gets to the point where, you know, you put that headset on and the, and the metaverse gets to the point where you put that on and you feel like you're in another world, not with like cartoon avatars with no legs, but actually you existing yep. in a space, walking around, interacting in a meaningful way. If they can create that experience, they're a step closer to cracking that nut. And yeah. it, but you're right. It's going to be in the home way before it's ever, but you can make it anywhere else. Here, here, here's where I'm giving them the opportunity to never listen. Um, <sighs> I, I do believe where we are today with that experience is the equivalent of that VHS tape playing on a 27 inch tube TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. What we have today and what we're probably gonna yes. have for the, for the immediate future. Right. If they could find a way to do it at a scale where it was a meaningfully, like the difference between that VHS tape and watching a 4k Blu-ray for the first time. Yes. Going back to you, that's a thing that would get me in a car driving across town once a week to, to go that. have yep. those experiences in that a you way can't that, have anywhere else. that you can't have anywhere else. Yep. So if that's what's next for movie theaters, I don't know, but I can tell you if they did it, I, I would yeah. be one of their first customers. And again, so I guess, yeah, to wrap it up, to put a button on this, what's next for movie theaters, not what is it going to be? What it needs to be is recreating an experience that, or creating an experience that cannot be recreated anywhere else. Anywhere a else. One of a kind experience that you remember forever. If they can do, if they can crack that nut, then they, they've saved their industry. That's it. But, but can they? <laughs> no, no big deal, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You guys awesome. go ahead and think on that. All you movie theater that, people that, who are listening to our little podcast over here, you get on that and let us know how it goes. We we just want our footnote and some small, small royalties. Yep. That's all small, we're looking yeah. for here. So, 1%. That, we have tops. Tops. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, on that bombshell, I think we will wrap it up for this week. Anything else you want to tag on there at the end? Uh, yeah. Um, subscribe to our show. It's free. You don't have to pay anything for our subscription. Our, our subscription is the low cost of free 99. It's free. So. And, and throw a five star on there while you're at it. That's right. And also free. There we go. Well, now through the shameless plugs, yes. we will wrap it up for real and uh, catch you next time. Later. Later.